0: This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Getting you what you need to know. Power Talk. Weekdays 9 a.m. to noon on Power 98.7 believe it was Neil Armstrong upon landing on the moon where he said, mine is one small step for mankind but it's a giant leap for humankind because it changes the way we see the world. And I think the Constitutional Court's decision and uh, judgment in 2020 that said that Parliament had to amend electoral laws to make provision for independent candidates was that small step for humankind. And then another small step was yesterday after uh, a motion was brought forward by uh, an organization representing independent candidates, Build One South Africa, the Ravonia Circle and a few other friends of the court who said it's all good and well to have independent candidates who can now participate in a national and provincial election next year. But they are individuals. They do not have deep pockets the size of political organizations. They do not have... Um, access to big public platforms like the media they do not have budgets for huge massive campaigns billboards Booking stadia, etc., and they certainly do not have the money to pay upwards of two hundred thousand rands to register as an independent candidate with the IEC. Something needs to be done to make it affordable and functional for a candidate to participate meaningfully without it always being about money. And I think a provision was also made about a threshold as to whether their votes are given equal weighting uh, as. Happens when we're talking proportional representation of parties, and I think a decision was made there about a 15% threshold. But let's ask the experts, and they will help us get more clarity. We're joined by Territzilani, the executive chair of the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa. Uh, good morning, Lerato, and
1: good morning to your listeners, and thank you very much for having
0: me. Absolutely, and I know you represent. Uh, the Institute of Election Management Services in Africa, but we have to remind South Africans who you are as a former commissioner of the IEC. So you have managed, overseen many, many South African elections and you would know electorally, Logistically, what needs to happen next year, and I hope you can give us some insights there. We're also joined by Dr. Uh, Michael Louis, who is the chairperson of the Independent Candidates Association. Uh, is it Dr. Louis or Lewis?
2: No, it's Louis Larota. and good morning to you, <laughs> you and my colleague.
0: Thank you so Leroche. much for coming through. Let's start with you, Dr. Louis. So, um, the grouping, including yourselves, that went to the Concourt, what did you want the court to rule on? And um, are you happy with the ruling?
2: Yes, thank you. Well, I mean, uh, firstly, your introduction was perfect to say it's one small step for mankind. Um, the inclusion of independence is definitely something new and needs to be tested, you know. And so we're going to continue to just make sure that every single independent candidate that wants to come on this playing field will have an equal chance. Mm. So, yesterday, um, um, the application was that we felt that because independent candidates can't um, qualify for compensatory seats, 200 compensatory seats, it does skew the um, election results that we believe that independent candidates will have to get double the vote of what political parties need to get because they don't qualify for the compensatory seats. That hasn't changed. We still believe that. But the court felt in its interpretation that They believe they don't want to interfere with Parliament and Parliament has made the um, recommendation that the uh, Parliament will be split in 200, 200 seats. They believe that it was rational and we really accept their judgment because we believe in the apex court. We believe the judges applied their mind, but that doesn't mean that we agree with the interpretation Mm. because the facts still remain that um, a political party of 45,000 votes could get a seat in Parliament while... An independent candidate that gets 67,000 votes and does not make the threshold of, say, for instance, 90,000 in a a region will qualify for a seat. So it remains quite um, an imposing restriction on independent candidates.
0: Okay, so let's just get some clarity here what we're talking about. So uh, let's break it down uh, into what it is. So there's first the threshold. What an individual needs in order to get a seat in Parliament. If we're looking at it, from a party political point of view, you would need X amount of votes to qualify for a seat. As a person, you are unlikely to garner that number of votes for the seat. So you were looking for the threshold to be adjusted for an independent.
2: Well, look, I mean, the big thing is that um, the system is actually quite complicated that in the region at so that the thresholds are lower. The thresholds for a political party and an independent candidate in a region is will be the same. So it means if that threshold is 50,000, and an independent candidate gets 47,000 or 55,000, they will qualify for that seat. And so will a political party in, um, the, uh, um, in the in the ratios. The problem comes in when it comes to working out the compensatory seat that the regional seats and the compensatory seats of political parties will be added together to get the final quota of the seats that will be allocated to political parties. And that's where the problem comes in, which the court didn't adhere to or see or whatever, that a political party of 45,000 votes could get a seat um, in parliament while an independent candidate of 67,000 won't get a seat. Okay, I know it's complicated, but hopefully that made it a little bit more sense.
0: Okay, and that's uh, and the compensatory seat principle. I mean, I don't think I understand it really well. Uh, perhaps you can help us with it. But uh, what we're told is it ensures that the national assembly, in a proportional representation system, um, allocates in a way that represents give or take the sway uh, in the political setup. And so what you're saying is an individual can't be considered in that proportionality because they're an individual.
2: That's correct. But the only problem with that is, in Solani will be able to, it would be great to hear his views. But let's take an, un, a really bizarre um, experience or um, facts. So now, for instance, independent candidates take up all 200 seats of the National Assembly, mm-hmm. which won't happen, but so now it does mm. happen. And if we're in a proportional representation system means that they will get absolutely nothing on the compensatory seat, which means the government will only be 200 seats because Mm -hmm. there's nothing to get proportional representation on. So, I mean, it, it is bizarre, but it is what the facts are. And that's why we're saying it does not pass. Um, rationality okay. and constitutional matters.
0: All right. A secondary issue before we bring in Terry Tsilani was uh, the requisite number of citizens, uh, signatures, signatures in right. order to qualify as an independent candidate. So um, we heard Musi Maimani really expressing his delight at the ruling. Tell us why.
2: Well, look, I mean, the big thing is that um, it's, it's, it's really a very practical thing. It's true that you want to have Thresholds for an independent candidate to be able to stand or a new political party. The problem is with an independent candidate, if it takes five minutes for a because it must be registered mm. people that are registered to vote that must get their signatures. So if it takes five minutes for a person to get to check on the voter's roll to see that somebody's registered, then get the signature and then submit it to the mm. Electoral Commission on a prescribed form. Then it will mean that an independent candidate needs to employ fifty people for six months just to make up the nine thousand to fourteen thousand signatures, which we believe was a threshold that independent candidates couldn't attain. Mm-hmm. And that's why we definitely welcome the judgment, which we always knew was the stronger of the two cases. Right.
0: And then finally, before we go to Mr. Zelani, one of the things that was raised, you know, whilst the case was ongoing was also what it costs to contest an election. Now, the court can't rule on that, right? Because people with deep pockets will spend their money well. They'll buy advertisements on radio, television. They'll, they'll do what they need to do. But there was a sense that there also need to be some rules of engagement around um, registration fees and how to utilize public platforms. Did the constitutional court uh, make say anything about this?
2: Well, they just said that it has to make a conducive environment for um, all participants in our democracy to participate. They alluded to it, but I think it's quite correct that the um, regulations say that the IEC must regulate the deposit. And the good thing about that is is that I really believe in the IEC, I believe in their competence, and they did make the threshold for independents to mm-hmm. register less than that of political parties. So I think... They are trying to reach out to make it as easy for political okay. parties as possible.
0: Okay, enter Terry Tzilan into the conversation. Okay, so we've heard from the Association of Independent Candidates. Now let's talk about what now needs to happen. The constitutional court rules. It now falls on the IEC to create those conditions, whether it's registration, uh, funding issues, uh, campaign messaging. What happens now, Tate um, Zelan?
1: Well, the starting point is obviously for the Electoral Commission to refine its system to make sure that uh, uh, their IT systems now can uh, accommodate the number of candidates that will be coming from uh, different uh, constituencies. Right. Uh, whereas in the past, uh, they would have expected perhaps a fewer number of people qualifying because of a stricter threshold. Uh, Now, it it means it is possible uh, for many people to begin to have access. So they're going to have to refine the system so that it can be able to take uh, those many individuals who will be participating. But remember, as uh, Dr. Lewis has indicated, that uh, the issue of uh, signatures is not the only requirement uh, that is used uh, to deter those who are not serious players. Uh, there is an issue of the deposit that also still has to be paid, that still has to be paid. And therefore, we believe that uh, that would actually act as a deterrent for people who are not serious uh, players in the political space.
0: OK, the next issue is what the voter can expect. So we're told that because of the independent candidates now being allowed to participate, there are going to be three ballot papers next year. I'm not asking you to go into the details. We'll see that when the time comes. But what can an, a voter expect when they walk into that voting booth next next year?
1: Okay. Um, and perhaps let me start where uh, Dr. Lewis was touching on which is this issue of compensatory seats and uh, regional seats. Yeah. And I'm going to try to put it in the most simple language. Please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what's supposed to be happening is that in terms of the Constitution, you cannot have more than uh, 400 members. So you can have 300, between 350 and, and, and 400. In Parliament. Now, in Parliament, in the National Assembly, in other words. Now, uh they the, also wanted uh, uh, the split to be 350. In other 350 seats being contested by independents and 50 reserved for political parties. But the, they, the big issue there was that this uh, had a, a risk of what they call overhang. And what is overhang uh, or excessive seats? It is basically that... If you are using that formula, the formula that we have, and then with the 350 to 50 split, it is most likely that we are going to have more people elected than the number of seats available in the National Assembly. So you could end up with more than 402 people duly elected, but mm. you, the Constitution says you must only have 400. And then, therefore, the split of 200 to 200. Uh, they argued using the atkins report that there uh, the risk is very low of having an overhang and that's why uh, the constitutional court decided to go along with the split of 200 seats for political parties and 200 seats for independence mm. but when you go to uh, the 200 seats of the independence It does not mean that they're going to be contested by people who are coming as independents alone. Mm. Political parties will also be fielding candidates in that area. But those candidates uh, contest in the regional seats, but under the banner of an organization.
0: Please or explain that to us. Please explain to us how that works. Where an so, independent, my understanding as an independent, is that Leratombele says I'm running for an election. But what you're saying yeah. is the ANC or the EFF can also say we contest as the EFF, but we are fielding X as an independent.
1: Absolutely. That's exactly what is happening at a local level. Uh, you may be aware that uh, when you're having the elections at the local level, or during the municipal uh, elections, uh, if you are in a metro, for instance, you get two ballot papers. Those ballot papers, one, is for award candidates, and then two, uh, it is for proportional representation. Proportional representation, it's only the political parties there. But when you go to the one of the ward, you will find that you will find a person who is coming as Leratombele, coming to contest, and then next to her having Itumeling Tselani uh, as a candidate under the ANC or EFF or DA or yeah. any of the political parties that are contesting. So that one, even though is we're saying it is reserved for independence, it does not mean that it is only people who will be contesting on their own. They are those who are going to be supported by political mm-hmm. parties like it is happening okay. at a municipal level. And
0: that's, so it, and that's for a municipal election?
1: That's municipal elections. And therefore, the same thing is being introduced for national elections. So mm-hmm. when you get to the, to the station for national elections, you are going to be getting those two ballot papers. One, for proportional representation, in other words, for political parties. And then two, Uh, The one that is so-called for independence and then which will contain the names of individuals who are on their own and the names of individuals who are supported by political parties. Mm
0: -hmm. Guning, and I think we're going to need the IEC and perhaps yourself to come back and help people understand what that means. As we wind down the conversation, Dr. Michael Louis, let me bring it back to you. So, The reason why you went to court with a a whole grouping of other concerned and civic organisations is to really get the conditions right, the blueprint right. What I want to know is the substance. Are we seeing many people putting up their hands to contest this election as independent candidates next year? I only know one name. Yes, and I'm I'm
2: sure you're referring to Zaki Ahmad. But um, the big thing is... um, Well, um, in our papers, we had 29 uh, very well educated, equipped um, individuals that are prepared to stand um, because we need to encourage it. The unfortunate thing is, and it is a pity to say it, that after um, yesterday's ruling, um, we really have to have a bit of a crisis uh, meeting. And it's back to the drawing board because I'm struggling myself to try and encourage them to say, but listen, you can stand as an independent candidate but now just remember you need to get ninety thousand votes while a political party must get 45 Mm. and so as a result they really rethinking what is their best way because to me politics is a calling it's not a choice Mm. you know and if you're wanting to make a difference we must be fair equitable and i have Mm. to be authentic if you're going to put a lot of money down and look the deposit is one thing i can tell you a campaign will cost you anything from 500 to a million rand. Mm. And if you don't get in, you lose it. Mm. So it's a big risk. And I need to be a, a good custodian of my constituencies and my um, uh, members right. that are, are going to stand. Mm. All right. And um, today I'm struggling to motivate them. Yeah. Maybe tonight I'm going to feel a little bit better if Terry makes okay. me uh, understand why I should motivate them.
0: Okay, we'll follow this up uh, in due course. Dr. Terry, I'm sorry, and I know we're late for the news. I have one question. If a political party has financial problems and they're probably facing liquidation, should they, are they allowed to contest an election?
1: <laughs> um there are requirements for a party to contest the elections. And then um, the issue of that are not yet finalized in courts um, cannot be used uh, to remove a party from contesting the elections.
0: Okay. I think uh, that's an answer for the listener. Time for the news. Thank you, gentlemen. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.